You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we move further forward in our exclusive coverage of Third Watcher into the fourth episode of the second season. If you like mountains and you like Jimmy, then you're going to like this episode because it's Jimmy's Mountain. Uh, Eddie Cibrian, the guy who we said last season really was there and just used and not doing much. Uh, he gets an episode before some of our other main people. He gets an episode before Kim. He gets an episode before Davis. He gets an episode before Bosco. He gets an episode before Carlos. So that's what we're thinking of dear old Jimmy here. This episode uh, first aired on the 23rd of October in the year 2000. Uh, it was directed by Charles Hayde and it was written by Lance Gentile and Terry Cop. My name is Ben and great, another ER fan. God damn it, Ben, you took my line. Oh, sorry, do you want I me to say something say else? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just I'll just do another one. Darvell Stewart here once again. Yep, I'm back. I'm back to join Ben on Jimmy's Mountain. Oh, okay, I got one. DK, Walsh, Lombardo, Roberts, Hal. The ugly one is Doherty. <laughs> In my best impression of Lieutenant Johnson, who we will meet this episode. We will, and we meet two main people this one. But can I just point out, uh, Brandy, not a fan of uh, Jimmy's Mountain. She doesn't like climbing them, so that's why she had to... She wasn't... Uh, <laughs> didn't do enough training today to climb up the mountain. So, uh, I'm joking. She likes Jimmy. Well, she likes... I'm sure Brandy would love to climb Jimmy's Mountain. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> going with this um i want to i don't know we all want to climb jimmy's mountain leanne rhymes is currently on jimmy's mountain but Uh, she's high and she she's taking a nightly hike i'm sure (laughs) she's she's going up and down and up and down and making sure that she's uh getting lots of exercise on jimmy's mountain yeah um and and he's getting lots of exercise dipping into her valley Oh my god! The Did things I just that happen. Say that? The things that happen when we lose a female voice of this show. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, Brandy is not PC. I'm pretty sure she would say something like that too. Yeah, we know Brandy. We know she would too. Hello, Brandy, if you're listening. Uh, Hi, Brandy. I'm sure she is listening. And hello to Leanne Rhymes, if you're listening. Um, you, you did like two songs that I've heard, which are okay. But um, anyway, uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about Jimmy's Mountain. And um, again, as I kind of keep saying over and over again about Jimmy, you know, he's yeah, he's, you know, there. And I've, I've come around a lot on Jimmy over the times watching this show. I like Eddie Cibrian. Mm-hmm. I, I like the character of Jimmy. Never necessarily a huge overall fan of the firefighting episodes, but I like this episode. This is a solid episode. I think we learn a lot about Jimmy in this episode too, which really helps in the character development of this of this firefighter. So, yeah, do you have much to sort of uh, open us up here on uh, Jimmy's Mountain at all, Darbell? Well, as we prepare to hike up this episode, um, <laughs> as we prepare to, yeah. Um, well, one thing, being a firefighter was his second choice of career. Yeah. His second career choice. Hence, hence why we learn a lot about I mean, him in this episode. Yep. I mean, he originally, and it shows this too as he's narrating it, um, he wanted to play for the Yankees. Yeah. Which didn't we all? At one stage, Darvell, like, 
I mean, yeah, no, I'm a no, I'm a I'm a Kansas City Royals fan. Right. Well, I'm a I'm a Chicago White Sox fan, but uh, I I thought I'd kind of go out there and let him ask that question. But um, eh, um, at the, at the time of recording this, can we just point out isn't Game Seven on right now of the World Series? So, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Live score updates, and... which is about three weeks old. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it wouldn't hurt to see how the Los Angeles Dodgers. Well, do you want to know the score? Do you want to uh, be spoiled? Houston I can Astros tell you the live doing... score at the time of recording this. Um, yeah, let's see how they're doing. It's the bottom of the fifth. <laughs> just... uh, to really date this episode, it's the bottom of the fifth. The Astros are five nothing up. So, <laughs> so the Astros are leading. Okay. Unless we have a huge comeback, um, the Astros are going to win their first World Series. So uh, there you go. Um, Just some random side bit we threw in there because baseball was mentioned. Well, dating this episode, incredibly. People listen to this three weeks after recording this going like, dude, like what's going on? But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like it's great to sort of learn all this stuff about Jimmy. Like, yeah, like he's his second career choice. And you can kind of picture Jimmy as wanting to be sort of an athlete. You know, he's kind of the good looking guy who's athletic and, you know, sports fan. And he obviously gambles yep, a and- lot. Uh, yep, and, and not, neither of us, neither of us swing, neither of us swing that way. But I would definitely agree there. Ah, oh, look, to be honest with you, it's 2017. We can get away with saying it. Yeah, he's hot. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, we can. Uh, we can. I'm comfortable <laughs> in my own sexuality to say that I think he's hot, and it's not going to affect my sexuality overall. Uh, hashtag reasons why Ben is single. But like, yeah, I mean. I- <laughs> He's a good-looking guy. First hashtag of the episode. Hashtag dirty kid. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of that. Oh God, where dirty is he? Kid, dirty is he, he's kid. behind me. Dirty isn't he? kid moment. Go away, huh? dirty kid. We don't like you. Sorry. Uh... <laughs> dirty kid. Well, actually, I'll wait. I'll wait till we get to it. So, to mention what I think would be a. A dirty kid moment. A think, hashtag I, dirty kid I moment think for me. Is it like you, you, I know the one because you mentioned it to me, and I, I I think there's actually a couple of random dirty kid moments in this episode. So um, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get- I like I like this opening with sort of like we we're back to a narration. Obviously, we didn't have Michael Beach narrating last episode. We've got Eddie Cibrian, uh doing this one. He he starts off. Uh, we kind of see this flashback with him playing baseball. Now he starts off by saying the most difficult thing in sport is to hit a major league fastball. Now. I'm a sports fan. I'm, I'm not doubting. I'm pretty sure that's not the do. most difficult thing to do. Yeah, I'm gonna say, you know, one of the most difficult things. But like, look, I don't know about your ability to ride bikes, Darvell. But um, oh, I love riding bikes. Okay, great, cool. Could you do the Tour de France? I don't think I could do that. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> No, you know, I'm not in any shape for that. A couple of hundred I'm miles not a day. Shape. Not just that, like over, like, you've got to do that a day over three weeks. I mean, come on. Like, no wonder they no, take drugs. No, I, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't do that right. I couldn't do that right now. Could, could no you run 100 metres like under to... 10 seconds, Darville? <laughs> no. No, see, I love to run, but I couldn't do that. See, come on. Come on now, Jimmy. I think you're elaborating a bit here, mate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, really. It's great Shout for dramatic tension, but no, not the most difficult thing to do in sport. Hitting a hole in one on a par five, probably more difficult than hitting a major league fastball. Uh- <laughs> yeah, but hey, props to Eddie Cibrian, though, man. Oh, Shout yeah. out to Eddie Cibrian. If by if by some <laughs> small chance you're listening. Shout out to you, Eddie. We're getting all these, like, Major League Baseball fans, like, tweeting us in right now, saying, like, oh, you can go get, like, pitched at and see if you can hit a fastball. And I probably wouldn't. I'd shit myself. I've seen how fast they can pitch them. I've been to baseball games. So, 
I'm an, I'm an Australian. I couldn't even face a fast bowler in cricket, let alone a fast pitcher in baseball. So, um, <laughs> anyway, but like, I do like this kind of like little, as you sort of mentioned, it's, it wasn't his first career choice as a firefighter. He wanted to play for the Yankees, and apparently, and again, I don't know if this is a thing or not, it kind of seems like it could be that they have spring tryouts for the people who, I guess, don't make it through the college system. So basically, if you hit one of these three pitches and you move on to fielding, it's kind of, I guess, like a test. I mean, I don't know if this... Do you you know know, is this a legitimate thing in Major League Baseball? Or? I don't know. You know what? I was actually going to ask if we could look that up while discussing this particular part of the episode. All right, let's type it in. Yankees spring spring tryouts. tryouts. All right, let's see. Um, after spring tryouts, coaches will select players at rosters. This is oh no, this is not the New York Yankees. This is the Central CT Yankees, <laughs> the Connecticut Central Yankees. Connecticut. Uh, hello, yeah, we want new, shout out we to want all our new Central York Connecticut Yankees. Yankees. Uh, we want the New York Yankees spring tryouts. Um, oh no, here we go. Yankees announced their tryout dates. Oh, it could be in a chance here, Darnell. Oh. You and I could make the Yankees here. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Let's see here. Uh, no, this Yankees is... tryout rules or something. Hang on. No, this isn't the New York Yankee. Oh, no, is it? The Yankees have announced the 2017 Area Code Baseball Tryout Schedule. Invited athletes will contest to make a Yankees team as well as an underclass team at one of four tryout locations in the Northeast. The Area Code Baseball Games will be played at Blair Field in Long Beach, California, uh, so you've got four tryout dates here in uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Massachusetts. Massachusetts I can never say that word. Uh, and Massachusetts. Ro thank you. And Rhode Island. Uh, tags, New York Yankees. I, I don't know if this is like a legitimate thing or... Eh. Yeah, probably. Any any new any New Yorkers any New Yorkers listening to the podcast? Can any of you guys uh, tell us whether or not that is an actual thing? Do the do you have to hit? One major league fastball to move on to fielding. Maybe who knows? Uh, I because you know you and I could go there and try out for a Darvell. You could try out for the the Kansas City team, and I, yeah. I could try out for the White Sox. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, just just an update too on the score for the live people listening. Three weeks later, it's still five nothing. <laughs> We're at the bottom of the fifth. Uh, so the Astros <laughs> are still leading. Just in case people yeah. are wondering, because I'm sure people yeah. are wanting to know the score. Three weeks later, when they already know who's won the World Series. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. If anyway. nothing else, that'll get. If nothing else, that'll get people commenting on the post when it goes up. Yes. So um, he he didn't. Sadly, sadly for us, Jimmy Doherty did not make the New York Yankees. Oh, there's a different show. Uh, but anyway, so he joined the firefighter. Became a firefighter three, three months, months later. later. He loves being a fireman. I love this little montage we get at the beginning, kind of a few little clips from last season of him being a firefighter. Um, and then we obviously get this sort of scene of him, you know, he's being shot, in case you forgot about that little fact. So, uh, you know, oh, yeah. scar on his leg and all the other scars. And um, I just kind of like this little opening montage of him, I guess. Uh, the Rocky montage, isn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I like it. I don't know if you have anything to sort of add on that. I mean, you're sad that Jimmy didn't make it to the New York Yankees. <laughs> Not really, because he, because it led to him finding something that he was actually good at. True. And still is. Very true. Very true. Good point. Good point, Darville. So we uh we then get 
Here's Brooke. We haven't seen her in a while. The love of Jimmy's life. The future Mrs. Doherty. Here she is. She's not got the Trevor syndrome of Bobby. At least she's still in the show. Um, Except oh. we've got Brooke played by played by the lovely... Oh, gosh, what's her name? Eva LaRue. <laughs> Eva LaRue. Yes, Eva LaRue. Eva LaRue. Televisions, Eva LaRue. And can I just point out, I don't know if we sort of touched too much on it. Um, and if we did, I might be going back on opinion. Maybe I said I didn't like her last time. I like Brooke. Brooke's like just random side character who's there. I mean, they've got good chemistry. I mean, I guess everyone has good chemistry with Jimmy because he's Jimmy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've got much else to add on, on Brooke well, while we're here. Well, unless, well, no, not on Brooke, but you saying everybody has good chemistry with Jimmy. Well, unless you're Bobby. Well, I mean, because like, Jimmy and Bobby... For all intents and purposes, they're rivals. But they're rivals, but it's a weird rivalry that they've got the chemistry of the rivalry, if that makes sense. Like, they work as rivals. Like, you don't not believe that they are not rivals. So, I I think it's kind of, yeah, I I know what you're trying to say, but I still think that, like, there's not many people that Eddie Cibrian acts with who don't have a good camaraderie with him, whether you're with him or against him, if you know what I mean. Right, right. Even, like, him and Bosco, like, they hate each other, but just the way they work off each other is great. Oh, yeah, the pranks they were pulling on each other back in Season 1, Episode 3. Oh, my God. Great episode. But we get Jimmy here Uh, in the car with Brooke. First time he's ever been nervous. Um, We get a little bit of wet... Going in. Yeah, wedding talk between, you know... Because remember, they're getting married, kids. Uh, Brooke's wanting to put down a deposit. Uh, So then... Jimmy walks up to the firehouse. This is where we sort of we get that little line from him when he says, like, oh, if I only had just had one more swing, I reckon I could have um, gotten it, which is kind of a nice line. Um, yep. Now, we get the credits here. Now, I sort of mentioned this last episode, how last episode was our last ever episode of Third Watch with the, the merry group of original nine. We're obviously going to get to our first new major character in this episode, but she's not on the opening credits. She's listed as a special guest star, Amy Carlson. Uh, so doesn't quite make the opening credits yet. I'm sure she will be there in the next episode. We'll keep an eye out for that. Um, but before we meet her, we've got to first get Jimmy walking up to the firehouse. We've got all the firefighters, uh, arguing over listening to Ario Speedwagon. Was that one guy who's kind of like, <laughs> oh, oh, you redneck hillbilly. Yeah. <laughs> you know rock is only allowed on Tuesdays. <laughs> I love it. There's a fight. Did you, did you get the subtle reference? There's a firefighter called Candyman. Has Candyman like hung up his NYPD shield and gone join the FDMY? <laughs> no, I, I missed that. Oh, there's definitely a firefighter there called Candyman. Um, we go upstairs, and this is where we meet Lieutenant Johnson uh, for the very first yes. time. Now, this is not quite uh-huh. before our first mate. Now, just as a side note, Lieutenant Johnson, again, I think we said this at the end of the last episode, he's not, like, he's never billed as a major character. But he, like, I think we touched a little bit in the first season in regards to... Um, that we seem to have a, a revolving door situation of who was in the control of the 5-5 five five, uh, there at the firehouse. We never kind of got a staple Lou. But this is staple Lou. Lieutenant Johnson is staple guy. This is who will be in control, basically, until start of Season 5, end of Season 4. And what I think is really poignant uh, with Lieutenant Johnson, he's played by John Michael Bolger, great actor. Um, yes. Is pay close attention to the, the connections between Lou and and Taylor, who we're about to meet, because they arrive in the same episode and they leave in the same episode. So I think that's like a little side kind of connection there. You might technically argue that Lou sort of has a quarter of an episode more than Taylor, but like, 
Yeah. Just um, they're very yeah. closely connected in terms of how they both leave this show. So I don't know if that's something you've ever right. paid attention to, but I kind of, I don't think they've done that deliberately. They might have. I don't know, but it's kind of a nice little bookend to these two characters. Yes. Yes. And now that we're at where we meet Lieutenant Johnson... Here's my dirt. Here's my dirty kid moment. Oh, he said when yeah. Here's my hashtag dirty kid moment dirty kid. or whatever. Uh, and like I said, I don't even know if this even applies, but to the hashtag dirty kid eh, give it a moment thing. But um, <laughs> when 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 they all go upstairs and we meet Lieutenant Johnson, I don't know which one of the firefighters it is, but one of them says obviously in reference to Jimmy. What is it? Your human paperwork factory is back, <laughs> which implies that, which implies that maybe Lou was at least familiar with Jimmy. But I mean, how could he have been? Because he definitely wasn't in charge of the five five last season. True. They never explained that. True. I understand that. But, like, I think kind of as we learn in this episode, Jimmy's got a bit of a reputation. Like, Jimmy's known. Like, we learn that Taylor kind of joined this house because she'd heard a lot about him. So maybe that just comes down to, oh, you know who he is. Or Like, I mean, I'm sure they've met. I mean, we know that Jimmy knows the guy who, like, obviously assaults Taylor. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, they've... Spoiler alert for yeah, later in the episode. Spoiler alert if you've <laughs> not watched it yet. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I can see, I can see your point for sure. I think, I think there's more of a dirty kid moment in this episode. I think, like, there's an even more of like, what the hell is, who is that? Like, this is a random moment in this episode. But, uh, I like what you're trying to do there, Darvell. Good point. Good job. It's, yep. you know, it's dirty yep. kid worthy. Better- <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, be- better with time. Better, better with, time. with time. Like, you got to start somewhere with dirty kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. you, can't, you can't hit that Major League Fastball just yet. It's the hardest thing to do in podcasting, Darvell, is get a Dirty Kid reference. <laughs> kid Correct. moment. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's the hardest thing to do in the podcasting. Most difficult to think, Correctly the most difficult landed thing Dirty to do Kid in, reference. Yeah. The most difficult thing to do in Third Watch podcasting as of late is to land a Dirty Kid reference. And, you know, we can ben say gave that. me... We can say that. We're many... the only Third Watch podcast, so we can say that. So. Yeah, we can. Yep. Um, but anyway, so we got to get this great little scene here. We meet Lou. Um, I like, yeah, I like Lou. Lou's a great guy. We, we yeah. again, great side characters of the fight. And this is, I think, why I like this sort of episode with uh, the real camaraderie with the firefighters, which maybe doesn't come across a lot in some of the other firefighter episodes. But you know, we've obviously got Lombardo here. We've got DK. We've got Walsh. Kind of your your stock standard side fireys, and you know, Lombardo doesn't stick around as long as uh, DK and Walsh does. And uh, we'll get to DK and Walsh a little bit more, but just, again, I have to reiterate that in real life, if people don't know this, I'm sure if you're a Third Watch fan, you do know this, uh, DK and Walsh are not actors. They are legitimately FDNY firefighters, uh, real life. Uh, they are not actors. And, of course, DK is also the real-life husband of Molly Price. So um, that, I think, just great little side points there if people aren't aware of those things. Uh, but yeah, so we've got this great little scene here. Jimmy's kind of showing off his scars. They're all showing off their scars to each other. Jimmy pulls down his pants to show his scar on his thigh. And who should yeah. walk you in move at any this clo- point? Yep. <laughs> Anybody home? Here's Taylor. Ladies and gentlemen, yep. for the first time since episode one, meet your new major character of Third Watch. He's Amy Carlson, yep. Alex Taylor, 
Now, one thing I've got to quickly say here before I forget. This is the first time we get introduced to a major character in a good 60 episodes. So, like, I'm not talking about um, Fred or Emily getting upgraded to major cast members. You know, I'm talking about brand new opening credits major cast member. You might argue, oh, but we get Tatiana this season. She's never billed as a main cast member. She's kind of like a Lou. She's a main side character. Whereas I'm talking opening credits main cast. Yes, we do get Chris Bauer joining the main cast. Yes, we obviously get Bonnie Dennison joining the cast. But even then, I think Bonnie Dennison's in season four technically. But what I'm saying here, we don't get a brand new character that will be on the opening credits until Cruise from this point. And if You're I'm Tia Texada, 54 episodes in between another new character. So make the most of this while you can, Third Watch fans. Brand new major yep. character. Here she is, Amy Carlson, the esteemed Alex Taylor. Now, we'll talk about her in just a second, but I'll just quickly go over what happens here. So she comes up. Obviously, she's sort of walked in on this situation, which kind of looks like Jimmy showing off his dick, uh, which, let's be honest, <laughs> Jimmy's a guy who would. He's probably got a big one. Um, <laughs> you know. Let's ask Leanne Rhymes. Leanne, hi, how are you? Uh, how big is Jimmy's schlong? Um, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to use the word dong, Ben. Keep with the Oz Network uh, trope here. Uh, so she introduces it. Yeah, well, we have all kinds of we have all kinds of words for it here. Penis. Yeah. Penis. Schwanz. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, let's just not go there. Uh, so yeah, really. Um, Taylor comes in. She sort of gets briefly introduced to the crew. We kind of hear a little bit of a oh, is that Alex Taylor from the Seven Eight? So oh, there's a bit of a. Bit of something going on here. Um, yeah. And then we kind of just get this quick scene here where they go down the fire pole. Jimmy's got brand new fire equipment. Uh, they're in the truck. Uh, Taylor sort of has a bit of a moment there with Jimmy. Um, she says, like, uh, what does he say? Like, oh, I got shot. And then Taylor's like, oh, everyone knows who you are. Everyone, and everyone turns around to Taylor. Everyone knows who you everyone are as well. Everyone knows who you are too. So it's kind of like, yep, we get this, uh, we get sort of a bit of a reference to Wally Pip and Lou Gehrig, um, baseball players. Legendary <laughs> Yankees players. Uh, so there we go. Then we obviously get to kind of our first sort of, this is going to be the thing with this episode. Jimmy back, he's ready to go, but is he ready to come back? Probably not, because here he is wanting to run straight into is a burning building. Really? But uh, they're basically saying, no, Jimmy, you stick to the hydrant. Um, we get a bit of weird slow motion going on here. We get, um, obviously, uh, him struggling to get the kink out of the hose. We've got Jimmy kind of having a bit of a look at some little boys who are obviously like admiring the firefighters and he's a bit jealous because, uh, obviously, you know, he's not doing what, um, you know, it comes down to, uh, his job as, um, and yeah, I'm just going to get a cap it there before we kind of get to the next scene because I think we, we need to talk about Taylor for slightly here. We're obviously yes. going to have more opportunity yes. to talk about her across the way. She will get her own at least one episode. Did she get two episodes in season three? I'm, I know at least one. Um, I would say two if, yeah. if 233 days counts as a Taylor episode, and I would say it does. True. I mean, a lot of the 9-11 stuff is heavy, heavy around Taylor. So, um, but the thing, I'll, I'll just start off with Taylor. It's like, First time she came in the show, not a fan. Never liked Taylor. She annoyed me. I was kind of like, uh, here's your generic new character. We're meant to care about them. But, you know, you're so entrenched in your nine favorites that you're kind of like, oh, another one. 
Um, and just kind of a lot of Taylor's storylines used to grain me, just like who she gets romantically involved in and just kind of just her backwards and forth between being a paramedic and a firefighter. It used to give me the shits. I'm going to be completely honest. But again, as is a case with a lot of shows, you get to like them. And now I like Taylor. I think she's got a very complex storyline. I think it's kind of great the fact that she's both a firefighter and a paramedic. It works in well, gives her great interactions with a lot of these characters. The 9-11 stuff, which we'll get to next season, I think works fantastically. Um, and I think kind of like particularly one of her romantic relationships is kind of like a nice little side thing, which you often forget about in third watch, but I like, and yeah, I, Amy Carson as an actress, I, I really like her. Obviously you and I are blue bloods fans and she was, you know, spoiler for blue bloods fans completely robbed of just being randomly written out of the show off screen. Fuck you blue bloods. Um, yeah, well any blue bloods fan would know. A lot of Blue Bloods fans, especially you know current ones, I mean, yeah, they they would they would know about it. They would yeah. know about that. Absolutely, and I I agree. The way they wrote her out of that was, it was criminal. Yeah, um, and I, she was in. I'm just trying to scroll through here quickly because I have seen her. I think she was else. in a soap opera. I think she was in a soap opera before she started on Third Watch. I think the soap opera. It was an old one that used to run on NBC. I never watched it, but I've heard of it. It's called. I think it was called Another World. I think she was in that. She was in that, uh, but I've never seen that. Um, I'm just trying to see her screen credits here. Nothing here that I'm seeing that I've seen, but I know I've seen her in something else. She apparently was in Green Lantern, uh, the the terrible. Ryan Reynolds film. Um, that's not what I've seen her in. But uh, anyway, uh, I just, I just, I just talk about it here. I mean, she's great. I like her. She, she grows on you, people. Like if you're watching Third Watch for the first time, you might kind of think, uh, you know, maybe you might think of my viewpoint. I don't know. I'm not trying to say that I was right in that viewpoint. But um, she's definitely someone that takes a took me a few viewings to really appreciate her as a character. Uh, and it's important, I think, too, the fact that, um, you know, we get another lead female character. I think Yoko's kind of when she um, sort of meets her at this point and sort of later on in the episode. So it's kind of what she says kind of works. I and mean, even Kim, which is like, oh, it's great to have another female around the house. So, yeah, uh, yep. Alex Taylor, Darvell. Yeah, and those, those two, Alex and Kim, they actually, that was really what bonded them. Yeah. over the course of Alex's run on the show was that, you know, being the only women in the firehouse, naturally they're going to, naturally they're going to, shall we say, gravitate towards each other. Mm-hmm. My th- And my thoughts on, my, my thoughts on Alex, well, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy. I'm pretty easy to please when it comes to new char- when it comes to new characters on a show. I, I like I like a lot. Of, I like it a lot of times when shows introduce new characters because it brings a new dynamic. Yeah. To the show, there are some introductions of new characters, of course, that I cannot stand. But hey, that's all of us. No, completely agree. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Taylor, we, 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 there's, there's not a whole. I mean, the thing that's I guess interesting when I say not a whole lot. I mean, we get a fair bit of her this episode for a Jimmy episode, obviously with a bit of a background. I mean, we get some random Taylor flashbacks in, the, in a Jimmy episode, but I think it's kind of done well enough that it doesn't take away from Jimmy, if you know what I mean. So it's kind of like right. how I was saying, like with the, you know, episode one of this season is technically a Sully episode, but it doesn't necessarily feel completely like a Sully episode because it's kind of a very ensemble episode. Whereas this one, it's sort of, it is Jimmy Jimmy, 
but like you know you've got a little bit of Taylor here to give you a bit of a teaser of her and um, you know obviously we're going to get a lot more to her but yeah going back to what we're saying um, she doesn't get a solitary episode this season um, obviously season three kind of toes that line when it comes to mixing it up between the, the solitary episodes and sort of what season one was like so we will get some Taylor centric episodes sort of when I know there's at least one that I can think of where she narrates um, so act brave. Yeah. Episode yeah. eight of season three. Cause a lot of, a lot of what will be based around Taylor's character is obviously her father and what sort of, uh, comes into sort of her relationship when it is with her father. So that's something to, I guess, kind of pay close attention to with Taylor references to her dad. They're very vital to her character. Um, and obviously this kind of battle with her between a paramedic and a firefighter, which, Brings us to our next scene And here. being accepted by the guys. Exactly. But this is this is the interesting thing with Taylor, I think, which we should point out too, is which we reference a lot with, say, uh, Yokus and Kim, is that, you know, their gender doesn't necessarily ever play a key role in their characters, because as we sort of talked about last episode, you don't necessarily see them as a female or different to the males, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's that well written that it's never that much of a, an attention side of it unless it calls for it. Taylor, you would argue, it is kind of a thing, but I think it's not done in a way that's over the top because, like, her relationship with her father really makes that to her being one of the guys because of what we learn with how her father raised her and why she's called Alex, for example. So, like, I think that's kind of very important with her background that, yeah, you would argue it's much more of a storyline for her character that it's referenced a lot about her being a female, not a male. But at the same time, it's also done in your third watch style, a la Yokus and Kim, that it's not necessarily made a point. Again, it's what the show does well. When Cruz comes into it, it's done well that way. Um, you know, Monroe doesn't necessarily get too much of a meaty storyline when it comes to gender roles. There's at least no. one. There's well, having said that, there is one scene which it makes me mad, and I'm not a woman that they kind of portray her in a certain light. But again, we're a fair way away from that. But um, you know, for the yeah. most part, ninety eight percent of the time, third watch does it well. That's what I guess I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the part. And I assume that you're talking about the scene in this episode where uh, Doc, where where we get Doc, Doc asks, you know, it, is that Alex Taylor? Yeah, well, we're here. This is our little, this is our first reference. Because at this point, she's just a firefighter. We don't know that she's also a paramedic. So this is kind of our first inkling, isn't it? Where we, yeah. we're back at the firehouse um, and Doc says, oh, is that Alex Taylor? Oh, she used to be a paramedic. I worked a few shifts with her, uh, which... I kind of, I always forget about that. The kind of, that Doc and Taylor have a bit of a connection going into when we first meet Taylor. I mean, I guess it's Doc. Everyone knows Doc. He's paramedic of the year, as we'll find out in a season or two. But, um, you know, I, I just like that kind of random connection, which, which I think makes sense even more so in going forward here, Darvell, to what happens to Taylor and Doc's reaction to what happens to Taylor. So I kind of think yep. that that kind of ties in well here. Nice little bookended moments of Third Watch, which we, we I often talk about how this show is pretty piss poor when it comes to, you know, continuity in certain aspects. But there are a few little side points here which, you know, deliberate or not, work very well with these characters. Just pay, bookmark this moment. The moment where Doc says, oh, yeah, I worked a few shifts with her. Yeah, that's our story plot not right there. Nice, la- nice lady, hard worker, yeah. Yeah, that's our, that's, our, that's our plot device to let us know that she's a paramedic as well. But it's still kind of just a nice little serving there. Of course, like Carlos's line here, you know, oh, yeah, Taylor, heard about her. Too bad she's litigious. Girl's got a great ass. 
so like Carlos. Typical uh, Carlos. Again, really, if you're watching this for the first time, you know nothing about this guy. You're hating Carlos this season. We talk about hashtag Bobby goes nowhere. I mean, in in many aspects, you can kind of maybe argue Carlos is going not too much this season so far. He's kind of there for the side comedy dick moments. But, like, at the same time, like... They've really taken a turn on Carlos making him an absolute douche nuzzle this season, which really pays <laughs> off when he gets his own episode. But knowing the grand scheme of what happens with Carlos, again, I, I mean, he probably is my second favourite character in this show. So <laughs> just here he is, just, you know, girl's got a great ass, and I'm saying that he's my second favourite character. Nice, Ben. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real nice. And real this nice. coming, you know, my favourite character, the guy that last episode's, you know, being, you know, somewhat racist in his description of people. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doing well here, Ben. Uh, we get uh, <laughs> the introduction. Yeah, we um, ought to give you a medal. Thank you. I, I would like a medal. I've never got, I don't know, I have got a medal in my Oh, just shut up, Ben. It's not about me. It's about Third Watch. Uh, so we got Taylor yeah. <laughs> introduced to Bobby and Kim. Uh, I do like this kind of um, bit where she's sort of like, hello, and like Kim's all like, yeah, good to have another girl around the house. And then she sort of goes upstairs, and Kim's like, oh, you know, want me to show you around? And she's like, oh, no, I've got it. And Kim's like, okay, friendly. Uh, <laughs> just like, you know, I kind of like the way Taylor is this episode, though, the way she is kind of like... You can understand why she is. Yeah, she's just, like, hiding away and doesn't want to hang out with people, which you can understand. Uh, but it's, it's, I haven't said that, I do like the conclusion of this episode, which we'll get to. I like Taylor and Jimmy bonding moment, which is not something that is explored too much. Um, so, we get uh, Bobby, obviously, self-referencing. Isn't that the one? And everyone's like, yes. And we're like, oh, what, what did she do? What happened? You know, just hashtag Bobby goes nowhere. Let's give him a line in this episode. Um... <laughs> But yep. uh, we learn Kim doesn't know that Jimmy's back at this point because she learns that Jimmy's back. So should we get this like, nice little scene of Kim up on the roof talking to Jimmy? Uh, they kind of I like sort of Kim and Jimmy moments where they reference their wedding and when they were together. You know, this one obviously is going to have fifty-seven like, people, and Kim's just like, oh, a lot better than uh, you know that buffet we had at Atlantic City. Um, yeah, you know, I just like it. You know, they've just got such great chemistry between these two that it just it just works. Any scene they're in. Um, and then I just, this is sort of, you're talking about the Bobby Jimmy sort of, uh, you know, rivalry. This is a nice Bobby Jimmy scene here when Bobby comes up to the roof and is like, Hey, Kim, we've got to go. And Bobby's just kind of like, Oh, Hey, you're back. Oh, you know, uh, welcome home. Like, I don't know. I just like that little reference there from Bobby to Jimmy. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, and there's an even, there's an even more random Bobby Jimmy moment in this episode, which is a real blink and you miss moment. Um, but, uh, we'll get to that. So, uh, we then get Taylor in the mirror. She's looking at herself. Cool. Um, then we find out about, uh, her bed, uh, which they're, I, I don't know. Is this them? All being, the way at the end. Are they being dicks to her or are they just kind of playing a joke? Cause they've, they've put the thing around a bed and it says keep back 200 feet. So I don't know if this is them just being a dick to her or if this is just kind of like a in-house joke. To me, it seems like they're being a real dick to her at this moment. Yeah, because uh, we'll later we will later find out exactly why they are why they're so or at least we'll get some idea yeah. of why they're so standoffish or dickish or whatever if that's even a word. If yeah. not, then I just it is on the Oz Network, Darvell. Dickish oh, is a word. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, but anyway, uh, later you know we'll find out why they were or at least get some idea of why they were so dickish to her because. Apparently, 
they had some, apparently, at least Jimmy, maybe more of them, they all had some connection to to someone at her old post. We'll just say that for now. Let's And let's also just add, similar to the last episode, this episode kind of does hold some relevance to today as well. I mean, again, time of recording this, we've got a lot of things that are happening sort of, uh, you know, in, in the, the public eye. You know, you look at things like the Harvey Weinstein situation, kind of, you know, sexual assault allegations and things like this that are really coming to light. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you kind yes. of... This is, again, relevant to this day. I mean, it's sort of, you know, her allegations against this guy and whether or not... You know, and look... This is, again, the sad fact. This is more of a hit against our gender here, Darvell, and nothing more, is the fact that, yeah, you would expect in a very male-esque environment like this that the men are all going to be all like, oh, you know, isn't she the one? Oh, yeah. And then when Jimmy's kind of like, oh, do you think you misread it? Like, of course, you probably can. That's the male viewpoint of it. That, you know, it's the, it's the typical male response. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the thing. This is like where kind of it kind of... Holds up to this day. Again, bad thing, good thing, who knows. But, like, we obviously get this bit where she's looking in the mirror, she's getting a few of these random flashes that we're kind of seeing. Because, again, at this point, we don't know what's happened to her. Um, so we get that little bit. Just before I get to the Jimmy Lou scene here, just while we're dating this episode and talking about things, just a bit of breaking news for you here, Darvell, and breaking news for our listeners. Uh, we're currently at the bottom of the six of Game 7 on World Series. The Dodgers have scored! The Dodgers have gotten a run back! So it's 5-1 currently at the bottom of the six. So, like, again, in three weeks' time when you're listening to this episode, if the Dodgers have, you know, had the greatest comeback in the history of World Series Game 7, and you know the fairy tale that there is of the L.A. Dodgers World Series champions 2017, then you know where this is going. Or the Astros might have gone out and scored another, like, 20 runs. I don't know. But it's 5-1, bottom of the six. Who are you going for, the Astros or the Dodgers here, Darvell? I like to root for the underdogs. I've always been the kind of person to root for the underdogs, so definitely the Dodgers. Okay. Uh, not the Dodgers, the Astros. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say the, the uh, Astros or the 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 Astros or the underdogs. I'm sorry. I'm I'm the one who yeah I'm with you. I, I like to go for a team that maybe never had success before, and what the Astros have never won it before. So yeah, let's go for the team that's never won it before. So go the Astros. Yeah. Go Astros. Go Astros. All right. Uh, so we get seen here, Jimmy. Uh, goes into the office with Lou, the paper pusher, because <laughs> this is where he's talking about, isn't it? Like, shouldn't have, shouldn't have taken the, the boss test. Shouldn't have studied for the boss test. Um, you know, he used to be a fireman, and basically this is Jimmy saying, like, I'm ready. I'm ready, Lou. Come on, put me out there. And, you know. So noted. So noted, basically. So we're kind of obviously getting this sort of thing about Jimmy fighting with it all. Uh, this is when we uh, get the Jimmy Taylor meeting. Uh, where, as I said before, sort of, Danny Gamble was a friend of mine. Maybe you misread it. And then, of course, like, Taylor's like, yeah, he's a perfect gentleman. Yeah. And basically, he's like, I think I don't want to talk about it. Um, and then we get another call. We do. We get uh, Ethan, who's been impaled on a pole, uh, <laughs> which is kind of gruesome, really. Like, ugh, makes me cringe. I don't really get cringeworthy that much, but this does. Um, so We're going to need a saline drip to... Me- to- we're going to need a saline drip O2 and at least five megs of morphine. Great. Another ER fan. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I fucking yeah. love this line. Like, this is just, like, meta yeah. third watch moment because, like, anybody watching this who just, again, doesn't know any of the history of connections with the show, you're just thinking, like, okay, fair enough. ER was a relevant show in 2000. It's a passing line. It's going to be referenced. Can we just point out that, A, this show is co-created by the people who cr- created ER, B, ER and Third Watch exist in the same universe. Let's go back two episodes ago where I'm, like, thinking, like, this universe where George Clooney exists in the same world that Doug Ross exists. Now we've got Kim, who will be in an episode of ER 
in about a season and a half when they do the crossover episode. Here she is referencing ER. Like, my mind is blown here. This is like one of those universe moments where it's like they're referencing things that exist, but they exist in their world, but even though they're in the same world, like, I'm confused, but I love it. I don't know what I'm feeling right now. It's great. (laughs) A mixture of emotions. It's, It's exactly the same as when I lost my virginity. I don't know what's happening. I'm confused, but I love it. It's not that I have lost my virginity. I'm a 30-year-old virgin. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm a 27-year-old one, so there you go. Fist bump, brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, just, I just love this random line from her. Oh, just another ER fan. Brandy, if you're listening, shove your Grey's Anatomy love up your ass because there's never been a reference to Grey's Anatomy in the show that you love the most. There's been an ER one. ER wins. Simple. Uh, <laughs> Flawless victory. Yes. And start watching ER, Brandy. Hashtag Team ER. All right. Um, anyway, so uh, we, this is where we obviously <laughs> grade another ER fan. Oh, I was a paramedic. So, you know, she's helping out. It's great. Yeah. Uh, this is obviously with Jimmy kind of starting to have a bit of a fade out moment. When he's got the sledgehammer and he's about to smash this guy's leg up. Um, yeah. Taken away. Has a bit of a sit down. Um, and then, uh, this is obviously where Lombardo comes in. It's like, hey, you know, you loosened it up for me. That's my sort of New York accent. Um, it was kind you of You loosened okay. it up for me. So then yeah, we get so- back, back to the firehouse. Oh, no, we're still in the, the, uh, the fire engine here, aren't we? It's like, oh, I'll hit the shower when we get back. And this is, uh, well, Jimmy's saying he's going to hit the shower. And this is when they're sort of saying to Taylor, like, oh, do you want to play ball? And they're kind of like, you know, bro mo- bonding moments with a new female sort of thing. You think they're being nice? Only for them to turn around and say, like, oh, yeah, I just didn't know. You know, with that new WNBA thing. It's like, just like, just treat it like, that's what, you don't need to reference that. You're just being nice and ask her to play basketball. Like, don't bring up, you know, something else now. Um, I bet she could have, too. Oh, of course she could. We see her in the football episode later this season that she holds her own. So, oh, um, does she ever? I love that episode. This is a random thing. Here I am so thinking. I. I'm thinking about like, oh, the firefighter episodes I don't necessarily like, but the two main ones this season. I'm talking about how much I really like them. Um, yes, yeah. so- and also another, also also another thing. Maybe this is later in the episode. Maybe we passed it. But again, with with Taylor. Uh, Something about hanging a sign on the shower. Um, that, uh, do you want us to? You want us to flip? You want us to flip it to female or something like that? Oh, Don't they say something like that? I think we just gelled over that bit before. That's when she was going to have the shower, wasn't it? Before, and she was like, "Oh no, I'm good," or something like that. Um, yeah, I think that was in that scene there. Yeah. Um, but before we get back to the firehouse, they get another call. Now, this is the one that I was referencing last episode, Darvell. You yeah, were, your, you were, your dirty kid moment. This is a dirty kid moment, because you were mentioning last episode in the, the diner shooting uh, were the firefighters, there, and we were kind of like, oh, well, you know, maybe they get called to certain things. I don't know. This is a call for a shooting. Why the fuck are the FDNY involved in a call for a shooting? Now, I don't want to take away from this scene, I love this scene, and we'll get to why in just a moment. And obviously, it serves as kind of a, a precursor to what's going to happen at the end of this episode, so we know that... Very, the same very point. climactic point. So... A very climactic point. You can see why they've included this in the episode. I'm not saying why they've got this in the episode. But, like, 
I would love to have somebody from the FDNY listen to this and say, oh, yes, Ben, absolutely, the fire department does get called to a random person claiming there's a shooting. Remember in, was it episode one or episode two of season one when uh, Bosco comes light? It's episode one. It's Welcome to Camelot. He gets called all the way to that woman and he gets out of the car and he's like, gun, gun. And she's like, oh, no, my crime victim support group just told me to say that there's a gun involved and you'll come faster. And that's when we meet the clown guy for the first time. So that was, that yeah. was Welcome to Camelot. So where was where was yeah. Jimmy then? Where's the FDMI coming to that woman's house when when you know it's called for a shooting? Uh, it just makes no know. sense if you could have analysed this. Definitely hashtag dirty kid moment. <laughs> yep, there. And you said you had a couple of dirty kid moments. Oh, there's episode? another one. There's there, there's another one here, which uh, I hope I'm not gelling over this random guy. But uh, we'll get to that. But the one thing I will say about this scene, though. I really love this scene because I think it is a, a a real thing in real life that the FDMI, NYPD have a bit of a rivalry. And it's not just in that city. You know, the firefighters and the police have a bit of a, you know, a rivalry going on. There was an episode of Blue Bloods that actually did it quite well, the whole FDNY, NYPD rivalry. So, like, we kind of haven't really played um, up too, too much to this, I feel. Like, we did get a bit of, you know, Bosco Jimmy season one when they're fighting over the meat and all that sort of stuff. So, we get a little bit there. But this just this whole sequence here where they kind of show up and, like, Sully, Dick Sully moment, when he's kind of like, oh, shouldn't you all be sitting around up there? People. Yeah, like, I know. Like, go Sully. And then, like, Taylor, I can't remember what Taylor says, but then he's like, oh, sorry, are you a firefighter? Oh, I can't see a Barker lounge attached to your ass. <laughs> and then, and the guy, and the firefighters are actually laughing at what Sully says, and then Taylor goes, and then Taylor, and then Taylor goes, whose side are you guys on? <laughs> Carlos. Carlos Car- <laughs> typical Carlos. The one with the funnier jokes. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. And this is where we get Yokus. Uh, you know, nice little Yokus moment. You know, I swear they get dumber in packs. Um, just she's great. Right. Such a great scene. <laughs> she's, she's, she's right, though. We do tend to get... We men do tend to get dumber in yeah. She is right can't, about can't that. Can't deny that. But, I mean, the other, I guess the other sort of glaring one I'm missing in terms of the rivalry between these groups is, of course, obviously when the basketball game, Camelot Cup, which, again, uh, just blinking you miss moment from season one, which never comes back again. But, anyway. But, I mean, this kind of then leads us to random Jimmy fire hydrant getting all the things out of it to, you know, get a good spray. Um, just kind of, just random little moments that we go here. Struggling with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then we go back to the firehouse and obviously Jimmy in the shower. Oh, he's naked Eddie Cibrian. One thing I just wanted to point out here, it's just a random little note I put on here. I remember in our very first episode, uh, when we're talking Welcome to Camelot and you see, for the first time, you see, um, Jimmy in the fire engine. I remember noting that if you look at the side of the fire engine in Welcome to Camelot, it does not say Ladder 5-5. They change the number. And I'm actually trying to scroll back quickly here to see what that is on the side. You clearly I'm see... I'm pretty sure it's Ladder 100. No, it's, I actually see Ladder 5-7. I'm just quickly flicked here and Welcome to Camelot. They've got 57 on the side of their fire engine in that very first episode. Here you actually see Ladder 5-5. You see the numbers clear as day on your screen, 5-5. So... I don't know if that was just kind of like a thing that they subtly changed because they all wanted connected under the five five number. Um, I, I know in watching into the um, the behind the scenes little video they did on the season one DVD, the Knights of Camelot, they referenced the fact that uh, at least in the police side of things, they never use like double digits as a call sign, so five five does not exist. Um, it's obviously a very a TV thing, so I'm, I'm, that might be the same when it comes to sort of the firefighters. But I, I just thought that was a kind of a, a little thing to note there, that it's just a subtle little thing to, to pick up on. 
I, but I just, yeah, going back to our very first episode, the fact that I noticed that this doesn't say 5-5 five, five in number one, but it's got 5-5 five, five on the door now. Um, yeah. So then we've so got... So we're back at the firehouse. Doc and uh, Taylor having a bit of a conversation. Oh, yeah. Um, nice little one here. Obviously, we talk about, um, you know, Taylor's keen to do some paramedic shifts um, to get some uh, extra money. And then we obviously get the first reference to Taylor's dad. We kind of like, how's your dad? Uh, you know, and she's just he kind thinks of rolls I'll make her, chief. She kind of just, yeah rolls her eyes and says that. Um, yeah, so there's that, and then this is when we see Danny Gamble just Danny randomly Gamble. shows up. This is yeah, played this is, by who, who is this guy? Do we know or? Yeah, let's see. Let's, let's see who uh, played him. Uh, Danny Gamble, Robert Clohessy is his name. The esteemed Robert Clohessy. He's actually actually. Hang on a minute. How did we not pick this up? Do you know who he is? We're Blue no. Bloods fans right now. <laughs> yeah, we are. He's Sid. He's Sid Gormley, the 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 assistant oh to to um the cop guy in the office for Tom Selleck. Oh Look at us, gosh. esteemed Blue Bloods fans, not picking up on this straight away. <laughs> and we call us <laughs> we call ourselves Blue Bloods fans. Wow. Well, I, I often say I often say that Blue Bloods is where third watch actors go to die because there's so many third watch actors in Blue Bloods over the years. But here's a new one. Um, <laughs> the bastard Danny Gamble doing well. goes on to be an assistant to the police commissioner of the NYPD. So, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> wow. Um, ah, mind blown. My random little Jimmy, um, uh, Bobby moment here though, is when like Danny Gamble comes in, Jimmy's excited to see him. And then he just randomly at one point goes, Hey Bobby, have you met Danny Gant? Like, at what point is Jimmy and Bobby on buddy terms? And he's like, hey, Bobby, my man, have you met my friend? Like, what is like, that? hey, Bobby! I just like it. I don't, it doesn't make sense, but I just love it. It's just random moment. <laughs> but um, this is obviously Taylor shows up. You're not supposed to be around me. Uh, and this is kind of when we obviously get a little bit of an inkling from um, from Jimmy that he maybe believes Taylor a little bit because she's, he's like, he's all like... Um, oh yeah, well, I'm you're here not meant to see to... my friend. Yeah, what does he say? Like, um, he says, he says um, oh, she wants me back. She's a teaser, like the waitress. Yeah, she's a she's a teaser, like the waitress and all that. And you know, backing up a little bit, Taylor says, Taylor says, you're not supposed to be around me. Mm. Uh, he didn't come there because he, or maybe he knew she was there. I don't know, but. I mean, he didn't come there to he didn't come there to continue stalking you. He came there to he came there to visit Jimmy. Look, I You yeah, just happened to show up. I I agree. I see that point, but in some way I almost think he does go there purely because he knows she's there. I mean, it's too much of a coincidence for that not to be your thing. I think that he's yeah, kind that's... of tired. Like I mean, like, yeah, okay, we, we, we hear that line when Jimmy says, Oh, Danny Gamble's a friend of mine. Surely Jimmy's got a hundred other friends in the FDMY. I mean, it's fucking Jimmy. He's Mr. Popular. He's going to know everybody at different ladders and all that around the city. So I just kind of think it's more of a, a coin. Like, he's done it for both reasons. He's gone like, oh, well, my mate Jimmy's back. Oh, it just so happens Taylor's there. Let's see her while we're there. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you've gone to a place in the past where, yeah, you've gone to see someone, but you also know someone else is going to be there, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we all have. 
Of course, I mean, I didn't stalk them or anything like that. I didn't I didn't pull a Danny Gamble on any of them. So. <laughs> pull a Danny Gamble? That's a yeah. second hashtag of the, the series. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag pull a Danny Gamble, yeah. Which is probably inappropriate because if he is pulling things, he's probably going to not be told to go near Taylor again, so... Yeah, um, yeah, really. Too soon? <laughs> yeah. No, not really. Not really. Um, but yeah, that I mean... Just, just made me laugh. It's an interesting sort of... Yeah, I, I get your point. It's kind of interesting. But um, we obviously get another call out. Uh, there's a car accident. Um, and... I, Jimmy ran- fights hell for the jaws of life. Yep. Random Bobby, you know, line of... Oh, no, was it... Bobby says random drunk guy defies... Uh, I don't know if that's Bobby. I've written down. I can't read my own lines here. Anyway, Bobby. Might be Kim. I thought it's it was Kim or Bobby. I've written Kim and Bobby, yeah. and I've written the lines. I was one of them. But uh, so we get this kind of like everybody like fighting over Paul. You kind of like you feel bad for Jimmy here though, because like Jimmy again, he's just he's so sure that he can do everything that he can, but he clearly he's not ready to be back. But he's so adamant. I'm going to get in the jaws, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to show everyone how good I am. But then, like, obviously... And meanwhile, this poor woman is trapped in that car. She's probably thinking, I don't give a fuck who uses those things. Just get me out of here. Not the time, Jimmy. But, like, it just everybody literally is dragging him off, and they're all kind of staring at him. Um, then, obviously, we're back at the uh, the firehouse, and sort of everybody's like, you know, what's going on with you guys? And, like, oh, nothing. Take it easy. Um, so then we kind of get this... Uh, line here where it's sort of it's it's i like this sort of great acting by eddie cibrian here where he's basically like i'm a better firefighter than you joe this is our first real lombardo moment like the side characters i talk about the side fire is dk and walter uh, they stay throughout the whole six seasons lombardo's kind of he's a second season side character obviously he plays heavily into a major storyline of this season with jimmy so kind of stay close to that and, and lombardo is from what i know uh, he, the guy who plays him is actually an actor, uh, Nick Sandow. He's not actually a fiery, unlike DK and Walsh. Uh, so, and just looking here, yes, I am correct. He's an actor. Uh, so, kind of, that's why he's got, I guess, more of the media storylines. Um, but yeah, I just kind of like this sequence here where he's like, I'm a better, co- I'm a better, better cop. I'm a better firefighter than you, Joe. And then he's like, oh, yeah, sure you are. But right now you're not. You know, we're only as strong as our weakest link. And he kind of confronts everyone. Who here thinks I'm not 100%? Um, and Joe. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, yep. and and Joe was, you know, when I when I watched that when I watched that scene, I was like, you know what, that's a that's a real friend right there because Joe was L- Lombardo, aka well, Joe, that's his first name, Lombardo. He was he was he was one hundred percent right to say that to Jimmy because yeah, Jimmy was not Jimmy. Of course, we have established this already. Was not ready to be back. He was just not willing to admit it. Yeah. And Lombardo, like I said, that's a, that's a real friend right there. He told Jimmy straight up, look, man, you're a weak link today. You don't need to be here. Yeah, completely agree. Jimmy just didn't want to hear it. There's, um, there's actually, I'm just, so I'm reading my notes here. Before I get to my point I was going to make, you know, but you're completely right. And I think kind of, this is a thing too, like, <clears throat> excuse me, in this situation. Yeah, right? yeah I'm just choking on my own words. It's, it's normal. Uh, I think that, um... <laughs> It, people wish I did it more often. Uh, I think kind of what's important here, it's, it's kind of one of those situations, I guess if we've ever been in sort of a, a team situation where you're all very close with each other, that you don't, like if you've got someone who's struggling, it's hard for you to say, oh, you're struggling, you need to like own up to this because you're very good friends with each other. So, you you know, God, I'm so, what's going on with my words all of a sudden? They don't want to come out of my mouth. Um, it's all this talk about Eddie Cibrian. I'm just getting, my mouth's getting dry. I'm getting all flustered. Um, I think that... <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. Are you sure you don't swing This the other show way? is really turning me gay. Um, but I've been single for too long. I need a woman. Um, <laughs> hashtag Ben Dirty Kid moment. But um, actually, that's inappropriate to use Dirty Kid in that context, Ben. But, um, yeah, it is. It really is. Is that obviously we can understand this is this team situation that everybody is kind of obviously going to struggle to tell Jimmy that, oh, dude, you're not doing your job right because they're all good friends and everything. So I kind of think it's, you know, it's a, it's a good scene when it comes to all this sort of stuff. Um, and I like it's kind of like when he's like, do some push ups with me. It's like, no one wants to do push ups, Jimmy. And he just goes and just like starts pumping iron. Like, you know, if that's mm-hmm. me, I'm just going to go slam my door, jump on my bed, and just like, Ugh. like I wish I was that type of person who gets angry and just goes start lifting weights. Like, oh, I'm angry. I'm going to make it, yeah. myself look better. Wish <laughs> 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 I was that type of guy. Yeah. You know, no wonder I'm single. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, sorry, ladies, listen. I am that type of guy. I'm super buff and cool. I look like Eddie Cibrian. Uh, the, the, I've just realized, I think, like, my dirty kid moment that I'm trying to reference here, I think it might have actually been in the last episode. Um, which I feel terrible about. There's, there's one scene. I'm trying to go over my notes here. There is a scene where somebody's sitting in, like, a chair in the firehouse, and they get up and walk off. There is the most random firefighter sitting in the chair next to him, who they then says, what's with him? And you never see that firefighter again. I do not know who that is. And I'm going through my notes here. I think it might have been in the last episode. I think it might have been Doc getting up, and then some random guy going, oh, what's with him? So I... I, I, But wouldn't... Go, please go. I mean, but come, what? But they're in the same firehouse. Surely they would know who Doc is if that was him. No, no, it's it's no. It, and... Actually, okay, no, hang on. I've, I found the notes here. It was in the last episode. So it's um, it's in that very opening sequence of the last episode when uh, they're watching the news, and it's when Kim and Bobby come in. Remember, when we referenced about the fact where Kim said, "Oh, I wouldn't want to be a twenty to twenty-five year old black guy." And he's like, "What? I watch television." When Doc is in that look, Doc's watching TV. There's a random guy. So when I think Doc says a line like that, and there's just the most randomest firefighter sitting watching TV with him. It's not that he doesn't know who Doc is. He's just questioning, like, "Oh, what's with him today? Like, why is he weird?" My point is. Who is that firefighter? Like we, ne- it's not like that's DK or Walsh. It's random firefighter who we never see again. So that was my point. Then he got a line. He actually got a line. Fair enough. He's just in the background, but this guy speaks on third watch, and we don't know who he is. So that was my random dirty kid moment, which I thought was in this episode. It was in last episode. So just had to get him. Uh, well, then I guess Darvel. you don't. I guess you don't have a dirty kid moment yet this episode. Yeah, I've kind of referenced a few, but uh, anyway, uh, just just a score update. Top of the bottom of the seventh in the World Series game seven. It's still five one. The Dodgers have got a bit of work to do. So uh, I don't know if this will probably this episode will probably end before the game, but uh, just need to update our listeners three weeks later. Um, yeah. So this is when uh, we get Jimmy. Uh, they're all sleeping. Uh, Jimmy's having his uh, flashbacks about baseball. Taylor's also laying in bed having a few flashbacks of uh, what happened uh, to to her with uh, Danny Gamble pulling a Danny. Don't say that, Ben. That's inappropriate at that point. Um, so everybody kind of gets woken up. We get a call. I do like um, I do like random Kim, Bobby, Doc, everyone just chilling on the you know couch waiting for a call. Uh, kind of like random hashtag Bobby goes nowhere moment. He gets another line here. Uh, it's like, how many calls have we done today? Oh, 11. Oh, seems like more. Um, just, you know, I like that. 
Was that Bobby who says that? I think it is Bobby. Anyway. Yes. So they all get woken up. There's a call. And this is where we're back at the bogus shooting from before. The only reason why the firefighters needed to be there so they can say the line, oh, isn't this where we were earlier today with the shooting? <laughs> so that's about it. And we get the line. To, I think somebody says it to like Sully or one of the cops. They said, oh, you should have busted those dealers. Then we wouldn't have this fire. I guess that's the only reason why we needed them earlier there. Um, so we just kind of get this rescue sequence. I mean, this is, I guess, where I talk about the firefighters and the fire storylines that you can't really do a whole lot with them because this is generally where they all gel in with each other. I mean, they go into a building, they've got to rescue people, stuff collapses, one of them gets into trouble. Generally how firefighting story work on third watch. So yep. That's, yep, the- that's my issue with fire stories on third watch. Yep, I liked... I like that. I like that scene, though. I know you're not saying you didn't like it, but I mean, I, I like that scene because that was when, uh, I mean, it, like I said, it was a very climactic point of the episode. I think it was very. It was the, um, oh gosh, what was it? The, the woman, the woman who made the call. You know, she comes out. She's hysterical. Her her daughter and her grandkids are still in there. They get them out. The one part I'm curious about in that scene where I guess ta- I guess Taylor is around back she's sawing off the security bars on the on the daughter's window or something mm-hmm. and uh, and she starts I guess the I guess I guess the I guess the woman is is trying to open the bedroom door or something and mm-hmm. th- I don't know why this little part is the part I always remember but it is um where Taylor's like, don't open that door, don't open that door, and I guess she, I guess she opens it because the next thing I hear is like, like, yeah, like the, the fire just whooshes in, and I guess it. This is what I don't get. I mean, apparently everybody survive, everybody survives that, but I seriously thought that woman died. Yeah, I, I, I assume she did just, too. Fire, yeah, yeah, but that I fire mean, just, it just engulfed her, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's kind of, it's interesting. And like, I mean, it's not that I dislike kind of what you said there. I don't dislike this scene. It's just, to me, it's just, as I said, like firefighters, the, the fire scenes are generally always the same. There's nothing really they do different, you know, with a few exceptions, but this is, I guess, unique. Like, as you said, like you got that cool little Taylor sequence there, which she's like, obviously yelling at that person. She's yelling for water. Jimmy goes into the building and kind of, he has his panic attack moment where, you know, he's trying to lift that thing off the guy who's trapped and he's getting the flashbacks, uh, with his baseball time. So, I mean, it, it's, it's effective. It's tense. And it's kind of, it really sells the fact again, that Jimmy shouldn't be back. Was not um, ready to be. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, that, that then leads us to, um, you know, it's great editing. It's great sort of the way it's all handled and the music is fantastic. But it leads us to this great little oh, scene. And this is kind of... When we talk about this episode being important for the character of Jimmy, you know, and Jimmy kind of sells it in this episode with himself, how he's saying, like, you know, oh, I love being a firefighter. You know, I'm so I'm a good firefighter. I love the camaraderie. You know, I love doing this. I love doing that. But then this is kind of like the, the very rare time where we see Jimmy admitting defeat because we obviously, you know get him um, sort of saying here, I'm not ready to come back. And even Lou's kind of like, oh, you know, you'll be fine. But then he's just like, no, really, I'm not ready to come back. So this is when Lou, I think, is kind of like, oh, okay, well, Jimmy Bowie's admitting yeah. this. So, yeah, it's very effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I just, lo- I, just love, I just love reciting lines. He's like, when you're ready to come back, you call me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then we're going to get yeah, the, Kim, I- the Kim scene here where obviously... You know, it just adds to the Jimmy character as well, where 
him sort of saying like, oh, Lombardo told me what happened and, you know, why didn't you let him help? And then kind of this is where Jimmy's basically like, I don't ask for help. And he's like, i got to go. And this is like, Kim's kind of like, why? Is it a thing to do with your pride? She doesn't understand. And this is this is kind of like, it's, it's a weird thing, which like, you know, we, I think we did a lot about this episode and we kind of said like, I don't like to play this card. I don't like to bring this up. But this is kind of like one of those rare moments as men, Darvell, we can probably say this. It's, it's a like, pride thing. It is a man it thing. Absolutely like it absolutely is a pride it's, thing it's, and a man thing. And, yes. it, and I think it's also like, it's, and it's not necessarily just a thing, it's, a, it's also a society, a society thing where it's kind of like, you would look at, say, like, Taylor, for example, and the way they might, you know, the, I bring up that WNBA reference later on. Like, they're kind of, like, making sort of jokes here and there about the fact that she's a woman and that, you know, it's, it's a thing, isn't it? They're like, oh, a, women, a woman can't be as tough as a man. There's no reason they can't be. You know, it's just people are being dicks to women. It's, just, it's the exact same thing I see as men. Men are often perceived as you can't be emotional. You can't show weakness. So it's kind of like that's ingrained into men. And... I'll be honest, mm-hmm. I'm an emotional What's guy. I, like, I shouldn't... Like, so am I. I am an emotional guy. Like, I'm not even joking about that. So, like, it's kind of... It's perceived as something that's not acceptable for a man to show feelings, show emotion. So, this is kind of one of those moments where, like, Jimmy, you know, I'm not saying he's going to break down and crying. I'm like, Kim, I need your help, please! Like, but it's just kind of like as the type of person that Jimmy is, though. That would have been funny to see, though, <laughs> if he had actually broken down. But Jimmy, Jimmy is, like, that real, like blokey, like we would say in Australia, blokey guy, like bro, sort of like he's in the cool mm. crowd, he's like with his mates, and you know, that's the type of guy, so yeah, he's not going to admit to weakness, he's not going to ask for help, that's not the type of man Jimmy is, which again is something that is put on men, is that we can't show this side of ourselves, so uh, it's very well done, you, you, I think you brought it up last episode about Eddie Sibber and his acting yeah, underrated episode in terms of his ability as an actor. I mean, if you look at the cast of nine, and this is no disrespect to Eddie Cibrian, but out of the nine main people, and obviously pre-Taylor, you know, you'd put him in the bottom three maybe as the overall acting ability. But he's still, I'm not saying he's a bad actor. I just think there's a lot, the, the nine people, the main cast, most of them are a lot better actors than Eddie Cibrian. He's still a very good actor, though, because this is a very well-acted cast. But this is oh, an episode absolutely. that he shows his ability very well. And, uh, you know, he's much more than a very sexy man. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> ben, I'm going to ask you again. Are you sure you're not starting to swing the other... Are you sure you're not swinging the other way? I think I just downloaded uh, Grinder or whatever it's called. So, um, yeah, shit. Um, but uh, I do yeah, like... So... <laughs> Oh, sorry. Go on. No, you go, please, please, you go. Well, okay. Well, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say. So we, so after the Kim and Jimmy scene, we go outside. Taylor, I guess, is she's struggling. She's, she's trying to start the. I think she's trying to start a saw up or something. Yeah. You know, just to prove that she can do it. And then they have their little moment. Their, their bonding. Their, their bonding moment that you alluded to earlier. And I like this. I like. I like Taylor and Jimmy bonding. And, like, it's something that it is explored in some aspects. I know there are sort of elements to these two uh, along the way. It does fade away a lot, though. Because, I mean, you would assume... This is the thing I think you would probably assume with Taylor, given that she's kind of billed as a firefighter, that, you know, yeah, you kind of get that line with Kim, like, oh, it's good to have a female around here. But, you know, the only other main firefighter in this uh, show is Jimmy. So, excuse me, I'm just kind of burping as I talk. Like, God, it's getting worse. Um... Any professional show would edit this out, but clearly I didn't. Uh, but Jimmy and you'd assume Jimmy and Taylor would, you know, have 
this camaraderie and connection, which is never fully explored because really like Taylor, um, like, let's be honest, Taylor for the most part of this show is kind of a paramedic. They kind of forget she's a firefighter, which they tie into her storyline. They tie into a storyline, but that, that's one thing I will say, which I probably should have brought up at the beginning when we talked about Taylor. It is kind of sucky. I agree with you. Like, I wish they had a kept a, I like as a firefighter. Her as a firefighter. Yeah, I agree. Like, it would have made the storylines a little bit more different when it comes to the firefighters. So, um, yeah, they, it's kind but of, I would have... it's kind of, I guess, what you would argue this whole show in general by the sixth season kind of turns mainly into a cop show. It's kind of like with Taylor. She kind of just mainly turns into a paramedic by the end. So, yeah. Yeah, which is a shame because, I mean, can you picture her, like, staying a, staying a firefighter? I would have loved to have, you know, heard just some random thing I'm throwing out here. I would love to have heard her come back with some of those one-liners that a lot of the guys, you know, like to liked to throw out at each other. I bet Taylor could have come up with some good ones. Well, she does hold her own. Just... We do get a lot of those uh, episodes where she's with the men and she does hold her own and they, you know, they do treat her as one of their own, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like... Yeah. She, I mean, we get that... Is it next episode? We get an episode or two where they kind of hang her up by the, the boots on, that, on the wall, on the hook. Kind of that famous scene <laughs> with her. So, um... Yeah. I just think it's a few episodes away, isn't it? But, um, yeah, it's it's still... Um, it's just disappointing, because I think kind of... If most Third Watch fans sit down and think about the character of Alex Taylor, you picture her as a paramedic when, you know... It's, and it, they do tie it well into her storyline, though, because it does become a thing with her, where she sort of, oh, I want to be a firefighter. No, we need you on the bus. Because, obviously, that ties into what happens with Kim, what happens with Bobby. So, it is all interconnected. Um, and it's kind of the way they've yeah. done it. And obviously, when Taylor eventually departs the show, that's pretty much a huge thing around why she departs, is the whole battle between her being a paramedic and a firefighter. So, um, yeah, I, I just think it's... I like to see her as a firefighter. But I just love this last little scene. I just like this, you know, bit where, uh, you know, even Jimmy kind of just his pride aspect here. Even here, he doesn't admit that he's the one sending himself home. He's like, yeah, Lou, he's sending me home. Like, he doesn't think I'm ready. Yeah. And just, just that line that, um, you know, Taylor says, like, oh, I heard you're an excellent fireman. That's half the reason why I changed... I transferred here. It's kind of like, oh. You know. Yeah, and, and, and regarding the... Danny Gamble situation. Jimmy, Jimmy kind of comes around, and he was yeah. like, "He was like, he really did come on to you, huh?" Yeah. So, and because yeah. I think, yeah, he. I mean, it wasn't so. It wasn't. It wasn't just what what that character said about Alex. I mean, did he? Did he have a certain? Did he? Did his body language change when she when she showed up in that little scene? I think it probably something. Episode, I reckon it was when he referenced the waitress. Obviously, he was there when something happened with the waitress. So, like, he probably like, oh yeah, he was a bit full on with that waitress. So clearly, you know, yeah. So I think there's something along with that. But um, yeah. So there we go. That's and we obviously get the closing bit. Uh, bit there with Jimmy with the narration. Most hardest thing to do in professional sports is in a major league fastball. And then he gets the sort of the talking about the, the Lou Gehrig uh, situation. Um, but yeah, just a and great, he, a, a solid episode with Jimmy, I feel. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And how he always, he, he was like, and he's like, I guess in this job, I always thought of myself as Gehrig in that story. Yeah. Are you familiar with Lou Gehrig? I've heard of, I've heard of him, uh, but I, I couldn't tell you anything about him. <laughs> so yeah, well, <laughs> it's kind of like well, Babe Ruth. I know, know who the, Babe Ruth is, but I couldn't tell you anything about the guy. <laughs> uh, well, you know the, I I can kind of see what what he was saying. What he was saying there was that 
I guess in this job I always thought of myself as Gehrig in that story. Well, I mean, how appropriate, because because Gehrig, um, he, of course, we know he played for the Yankees. This was back in, like, the 1920s, mm-hmm. and he lasted until, I think, maybe, like, 1940 or something, but he was sidelined because of, I'm sure you've heard of ALS, also uh. known also known as... It was at the disease was actually changed. Is oh, actually is that the Lou Gehrig's disease? Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lou, yep. Lou, but um, I mean, he was sidelined because he was weakened. He, I mean, he was slowly weakened by that disease, and you know, could no longer play baseball. Jimmy, in some way, I mean, he was he was he was weaker than he thought he was, and he couldn't do his job effectively. Now, I mean, eventually, of course, he does recover. He does gain his strength back, but yeah, you well, know, I, think, I don't even know where I was going with that. No, well, I think it's, it's I mean, it's, you know, as an Australian, I sort of, I've, I hear baseball, I mean, look, I, I'm a sports fan and I follow American, North American sports, you know, well, but out of the four major leagues, uh, you know, baseball's probably the one that I know the least about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more of a hockey and a basketball fan, but I mean, I still obviously, you know, have my elements to baseball, as I said, I'm a White Sox fan. Uh, I know we won the World mm-hmm. Series in 2005. Yeah, go White Sox. But, um, you know, like, that's about it. My, my dad is, um, my dad goes for all the New York teams in all the leagues. That's kind of like, that's the thing Australians do. A lot of people will base their sports, their fandom of American sports on the city. And I, I, mine are spread out, but I also, like, some of mine are based on cities that I like, but I will then have soft spots for teams. Like, I have soft spots for the New York teams because I love New York. I have soft spots for the Seattle yeah. teams, the Atlanta teams, you know, the Chicago teams, teams, that, cities from that I like. Uh, so that's kind of where I go. But um, I just, uh, I mean, I just Googled Wally Pip because, you know, I like that line. I think it's Lombardo says, you call yourself a New Yorker Remember, and you Pip? don't even know who Wally you, Pip is. You call yourself a New Yorker? Get yeah. your ass out and walk. That's what. That's the one thing I love about America is the fact that you know just how the cities and like the stories and all that sort of stuff behind your sports teams. Like it's something I don't necessarily get from my city in Hobart because we've got one team in one national competition. So like we're kind of the forgotten city when it comes to having teams in national competitions. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. but um, so that's the episode. That is Jimmy's Mountain. Uh, just quickly before we get to the ratings, just the peak. An- an update, we're at the bottom of the eighth uh, right now. It's still 5-1. The Astros, the Dodgers are coming into bat right now. So they're going to need a few runs here, Darvell, unless they uh, want to yeah, send it to the Yeah, ninth. they're going to need... Yeah, yep, they're going to... Yeah, I was going to say they're going to need to score, and this is their last chance to because if Second Houston... Yeah. Yep, I was, oh, yeah, of course, because if... Because after the ninth inning, if they haven't scored, it's over. Yeah. It's done. I think we're going to probably end this episode before this, so you know how it returns out. But anyway, uh, let's rate this. So uh, what are we doing with it? We're buying it, we're renting it, we're bidding it. Hmm. I went first last time. You go first this time. Oh, you've always got to go first. Guest always goes first. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> fair enough. My show, my Fair rules. enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Hmm. I'm going to say buy. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd buy this one too. Any, anything you want to say about why or just you just enjoy this episode? I would buy it because it's, you know, it's very difficult to, to, you know, admit when you're wrong. Jimmy thought that he was ready. He was ready to come back and it took, 
it took a lot of things, but it culminated in, in that in that house fire and Jimmy damn near killing one of his coworkers. Like, holy shit. Okay, I admit it. I was not ready to come back. That, to me, really sells the episode, you know, when he finally admits that. Yeah. And it takes a lot of guts to do that. So I would buy it for that reason alone. Good answer. Good answer. Um, I'm buying it. Uh, there we go. Six in a row. Ding, ding, ding. Record. Um, yeah, I just, I just, everything you said, I agree with. And just, you know, it's just, it's such a well done episode. And Eddie Sibrian just holds this episode so well. We get Taylor into it. It's, you get Lou into it. We've got some important people being introduced in this episode. Um, and it's just, it's well structured. It's kind of, it's, a, it's a great look into this character of Jimmy who, you know, I mean, you would argue at this point of the show, you know, the least about out of all the main cast. Uh, obviously Taylor, yeah. but I mean, she's just coming to it this episode. So, uh, even like Bobby, we talk about hashtag Bobby goes nowhere. Bobby went places in the first season. So we knew about Bobby. Uh, so, you know, all we kind of knew from Jimmy is, oh, he's a bit of a deadbeat dad every now and then. He's got a gambling problem and he likes to sleep with his wife's sister. That's about it. So like, you know, <laughs> we get a bit more to him in this episode and I think it's great. So yeah, yeah it's a bite for me. Uh, six in a row. Wow. Um, and Gonna go for seven. Oh, well, Kim's Hope Chest, who knows? I actually like Kim's Hope Chest, so uh, <laughs> we'll get to that, which is obviously our next episode. Uh, and if you haven't guessed, folks, it's an episode about Kim. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> just, just in case you were wondering. Kim's uh, Hope Chest. Kim's Hope Chest, about Bosco. Uh, <laughs> Kim's Hope Chest. Oh, but it's actually about Sully. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one because, like, again, Kim's an, an interesting character because I, I can definitely see why a lot of fans might not be always on Kim in terms of her, you know, overall, um, likability. Uh, cause she does, she, Kim can be frustrating. I'm not gonna lie. But, like, the thing with Kim next episode is that Kim is a frustrating character next episode. Kim has a very roller coaster episode in terms of what she does. And she's definitely dick Kim when it comes to sort of some of her motives. Um, but I think it's, it's well done in the fact that, you know, Kim just kind of like, I don't want to, this sounds horrible. Actually, I'm not going to say it that way. I'm not going to cause offense the way I say it. The Kim turns a certain person next episode for one scene. But, it, like, Kim Raver, again, great actress, holds it very well. We kind of got her battles in terms of what she's dealing with. And it's kind of it was similar to the episode last season when sort of, you know, you felt for Kim the fact that, yeah, okay, she kind of slept with Bobby and then kind of threw him away. But then the next episode or whenever it was the uh, where everybody else has got a boyfriend or a girlfriend and she's there, like, you know, just feeling lonely. You know, I think, I think what I'm trying to say, I feel relatable to Kim in some aspects that she makes choices which are not good choices and then she feels sorry for herself, which I guess on on paper you can probably think, well, you've only got yourself to blame, Kim. But we're, we're human beings. We make choices every day which aren't always the right ones. And I think kind of, you know, it's kind of like what Jokas was saying a couple of episodes ago. So I kind of think this really plays into that episode. And I, I appreciate the way they, what they do with Kim's character here, add a bit of complexity to her. And I mean, Kim gets some meaty shit going on this season. For, you know, the end of this yeah. season, Kim is a different character completely. So I like totally, Kim's Hope Chest. Totally I like Kim's Hope Chest. And Kim's always been one of my favourites. I've always been in love with Kim Raver, except when she went to that shit show Grey's Anatomy. Hashtag ER's better than Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, hashtag I'm Team on. ER. 
Hashtag, oh, another ER fan. Nothing wrong with that. Thanks. Uh, anything yep. to add on Kim's Hope Chest at all, Darvell? No, just look, looking forward to it. Whether it's whether I'm whether I'm with whether I'm with you on it or I'm listening to you and Brandy discuss it. Definitely, definitely looking forward to that one. I actually haven't watched that episode for a while, so I'm gonna have to do that. We'll watch along, whether you're with us or not. Um, we'll, we'll soon find out. We don't know if it's going to be Darvell or Brandy next episode, but uh, I'll be there. I can at least tell you that. Uh, remember to <laughs> yeah. like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe uh, on all our platforms. Of course, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whichever you do use. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're everywhere. So uh, we appreciate any feedback along the way. Just our final score update. It is at the bottom of the eighth. Uh, end of the eighth, actually. We've got one more innings to go to decide the World Series of 2017. You know the result listening to this episode. You know already who's won. Uh, but the Houston Astros are still leading 5-1 to one over the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, uh, hashtag go Astros. Uh, hashtag comeback Dodgers. I don't know. Uh, this has been Third Watch Recaps on the Oz Network. My name is Ben. And Darvell, nobody wants to do push-ups. <laughs> And I'll just pretend I'm pumping iron. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.